Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, so di corrupt, guten tak, jao, wivi, vakat, bang, half a day, priviet, salam, shalom, peace, now, go vegan, peace how, go vegan, well, happy to have you with us here today on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, coming to you on today's date in the year 1984. So it's uh, been a, a bit of a hiatus. I've been very busy behind the scenes, and uh, turns out we've had a little bit of uh, time off between the last program and this program. Actually, I have to say that... Uh, started recording this show <laughs> the the it was like uh, right before thanksgiving and in, in fact uh i think maybe i'll I'll play the interview i did with gary francione later in the show that was just before thanksgiving wow am i procrastinating or what i haven't haven't completed this show uh, this, this is this is the show that's taken the longest to produce why is that uh, uh a lot going on behind the scenes and uh well, uh, but we're together again now, and uh, what would it have been, uh, the 18th anniversary in January of this program, doing this for 18 years now, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, and uh, again, I, I apologize, I didn't expect the uh, hiatus to extend uh, the, the way that it did. Um, did you miss me? I know I've, I've missed you, and I've been hearing from a lot of people who are saying, could you please uh, get that podcast thing going again? Um, so I've been, uh, I've been okay, been right here all along. And I uh, uh, have to say, I think when, as soon as, uh, you know, it becomes standard time and it's not daylight savings time anymore and it gets dark at five o'clock, um, that does it for me. I'm ready to hibernate for most of the winter. And uh I have spent a lot of time just hugging Daisy and uh, listening to Radio Bobby, RadioBobby.com, which uh, is the uh, greatest uh, music station I've ever heard. So I just, you know, hugging Daisy and working on things behind the scenes like uh, Reggae Vegan Fest, which um, am I am I leaking information now? If I, I think we're supposed to hold off, but. If anybody can can leak, I think I think this show should be able to leak about what an amazing show we have planned. So save the dates. We're going to do Reggae Vegan Fest again this year. We have San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest Sunday, July twenty first at NTC Park, and we have the second annual LA Reggae Vegan Fest coming Sunday, September fifteenth at MacArthur Park. There may be information by now at reggaeveganfest.com, but who knows? But so what's really exciting is that we have Third World, Third World, one of the most popular reggae bands for, for 45 years headlining at San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. Third World, we have um, really a, a great group called The Movement, 
we have Yami Bolo, we have Empress Akua, we have Prime Liberty, uh, we have Quinto Soul, we have Lamora and the Mystic Band, we have Sensi Trails. So um, get ready for some really great times, some, some of the most amazing times uh, that you can ever have. I think we'll have two of the greatest days of music ever in Southern California with San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest and L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. So uh, oh, Dr. Milton Mills said he uh, would come to uh, our San Diego event. A lot going on. We have great speakers, fantastic food. So, you know, just uh, make your plans. And uh, so I'm, this is breaking news. And, you know, I'm very much... Uh, working on all of this behind the scenes. Suddenly I'm this big uh, big reggae uh, concert promoter and uh, I'm looking around and I want to do a radio show and all my notes about the environment are intertwined with phone numbers. And uh, But I really feel that this is an important form of vegan advocacy, music-centered, and we will be reaching a lot of people and making a lot of sense. And reggae and vegan do go together um in fact uh, uh reggae culture with the rastafari in jamaica in the 1930s the higher consciousness thinking came to conclude that we should be vegan except they called it ital so the word ital which is vegan preceded the word vegan which came about in the 1940s so we have ITEL in the 1930s. We have vegan in the 1940s. And of course, for those who, uh, you know, uh, ever open the Bible, the Bible, everybody talks about the Bible. A lot of people, you know, we're religious people everywhere. Um, but they just seem to miss God's first commandment right there in the Bible, Genesis book 1, verse 29, that tells us we're supposed to be vegan. Um, and, uh, you know, Genesis 1, uh, verse 29, I guess, what's that? Thousands of years, thousands of years prior to the word ITAL, prior to the word vegan, but the idea, <laughs> the idea was there. So um, we're looking forward to having a great time again. It's reggaeveganfest.com. Yes, Third World, the legendary Third World. And really one of my favorite bands in recent uh, history, The Movement. I love The Movement. They will be there. Yami Bolo, another iconic um, reggae artist. Empress Akua, Prime Liberty, Lamore and the Mystic Band, Sensi Trails. That will be Sunday, July 21st. Uh, NTC Park in San Diego, Preble Field. I'm going to head on over there on March 11th, after the Natural Products Expo, I have to come down south. I'm up in the Bay Area. Um, and another reason, I don't know, I've been taking care of uh, an 84-year-old woman who is really very much physically handicapped, uh, in constant agony. And that takes up so, it's, takes up so much of my energy that, I don't know, after trying to help her through the day, uh, it's a little, uh, you know, I don't know if I really feel like turning the microphone on or maybe I should, right? But anyway, enough with these excuses here. I've missed you and 
Did you miss me? Come on. Um, so, um, you know, I have become really upset about uh, the media, as if I weren't upset about it, you know, for all these years. Uh, although we did infiltrate, this is the first radio program, the first vegan program to infiltrate mainstream media. You know, back in 2001, we went on KRLA in Los Angeles, and then we were on uh, CBS and Clear Channel stations, various networks. So, um, but lately, I'm just so upset about the media, how uh, lacking in truth how much propaganda there is, how it's all, it's all just, you know, like CIA propaganda, it seems to me. It might as well be the, you know, ABCIA, NBCIA, CIABS. Um, you know, the CIA poured $600 million into the Washington Post. Uh so that's, you know, it's all, it's all just CIA mouthpieces out there and and the social media were given to us by uh cia cia the fbi and yeah just lately i'm just really just so upset about media and social media uh the censorship the deplatforming that's you know i think maybe that's what I did. I, I, I think I deplatformed myself for a while in uh, solidarity with the deplatformed, whether I agree with their positions or not. I, I've been arrested about half a dozen times on freedom of speech issues. And I, there's nothing more important than the right to free speech. And the right to free speech, uh, this, the speech with which you don't agree also, right? I mean, it's very easy to be for free speech with speech that you like, but, you know, sometimes people don't like to hear about going vegan, you know? So, censor, censor, you know? And then, then I was kind of upset, you know? So, working all, on all of the, the, the reggae shows, the vegan reggae fests and all of that, the reggae vegan fests. Um, and so I, I, I pop up, pop up on the social media just to complain about the hoax that was Proposition 12 in California, the, um, you know, all about uh, uh, the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals Act, which was written by the egg industry, and what a horrible hoax that was. And so, you know, I'm, I'm away from social media for a while, and I come back and I post that. And then uh, Facebook tells me that my post... Uh, uh, violates community standards. Um, so, I mean, who is Facebook to tell? I, I think Facebook, by by um, by removing my post, uh, violated community standards. You know, I mean, what what if I uh, what if I were the Facebook or Twitter uh, censor uh, people? Huh? Would would there ever be anything on about meat, dairy, fish, eggs, honey? Just negative stuff about consumption of all of that so but uh this deplatforming this infringement on our free speech rights should be unacceptable 
to everyone, you know, whether it be censorship by the government or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or Google. I mean, who are they to censor? Who are they, really? Who? I don't know who they are. Um, who is this billionaire dude, uh, Jack Dorsey? He runs Twitter, huh? So he goes on the Joe Rogan show. Uh, he tells Joe Rogan that Twitter doesn't really deplatform on speech. Um, it's more um, behavior. It's uh, it, it, so um, you know. So it's not what comes out of your mouth. Well, it's not what comes out of your mouth in words. But I guess if you spit on the subway platform, you could be deplatformed by Twitter because of your behavior. Um, and he also said that it's, it's, it's more done by artificial intelligence, the, these decisions to deplatform and censor. And, uh, I don't know, uh, the CEO of Twitter, um, and on the Joe Rogan show, um, uh, well, it's obvious this guy pays more attention to his perfectly manicured beard than to free speech. Uh, but I don't understand. How do we know his intelligence? Do we know that this dude, Jack Dorsey, is intelligent enough, um, you know, has enough natural intelligence to uh, create artificial intelligence, you know, that censors us? Um, the same artificial intelligence that the phone company uses for its customer service that can't determine if you're a customer or not. Um, I don't know. I guess this guy is uh, intelligent enough to properly censor us just because, well, he's the CEO of Twitter. Just, a, you know, just the CEO of some corporation. Credentials enough, I suppose. And uh, he also owns Square, you know, so when you're merchants out there, people pay merchants with that, you know, that, that app called Square. Oh, and he also owns the, uh, the uh, Cash app, which apparently sponsors uh, the Joe Rogan show, and that's why Joe uh, just threw him so many softball questions about deplatforming, and so, Joe, the CEO of Twitter on your show said he didn't know why Twitter deplatformed Alex Jones. Really? No follow-up to that? So he's the CEO of Twitter, and he doesn't know, <laughs> he didn't know why Twitter deplatformed Alex Jones, like, he, he must have been busy having his beard trimmed that day. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, how can you not know that? If you're the CEO of Twitter and you've just deplatformed somebody who's like immensely popular, I mean popular and unpopular, but has a huge audience. Um, anyway, so... Uh, oh, so my disclaimer, yes, I was on the same network as Alex Jones. I was, yep, that's right. I was on the GCN network, the same network 
that carried Alex Jones. I did the vegan show there, um, so I presume that uh, the network broadcast uh, my show to try to make Alex uh, seem more normal, I think, right? So, oh, we got this guy doing the vegan show. Look, Alex Jones seems like totally normal. Um, but I was also on the same network as Rachel Maddow. Uh, yeah, I was on the Air America network too. Um, and, and she seemed totally normal at the time, back when everyone um, hated George uh, W. Bush and uh, uh, the war in Iraq. Uh, you know, we were all against it. That all seemed so normal. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's happened, but uh, let me see if I can find this that was uh, on the Jimmy, the Jimmy Dore show. Um, yeah, let me see if, see if we can hear this. Hey, listen, the cold weather snap really screwed some people up. I don't know if you saw there was a cold weather snap. And, uh, I don't know if you saw my favorite news person. Hey, there's a polar vortex coming over the Midwest. Who do you think's responsible? I don't know, maybe. And it is, like, negative 50 degrees in the Dakotas right now. What would happen if Russia killed the power in Fargo today? I, I love how they deplatformed Alex Jones and Rachel Maddow was like, I'll take that baton. <laughs> conspiracies every night, all night. Oh, Alex Jones been deplatformed. We got rid of that crazy conspiracy. There's Rachel Maddow, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, no. You have been unplugged. Oh, I've been unplugged. So let's play. The let's Russians play. shut off the computer. Oh, my God. Fucking <laughs> right after I talked to Kami. So let's want to hear that again, because I do. And it is, like, negative 50 degrees in the Dakotas right now. What would happen if Russia killed the power in Fargo today? Wow, what if Mexico... So, anyway, that's from the Jimmy Dore Show. Uh, I don't really understand... Uh, where did... What what happened to Rachel Maddow? I mean, it's all... All she wants is for us to uh, be uh, pulverized, huh? So, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, very strange. Um, vaporized. Vaporized into subatomic particles by Russia. I don't really get it. So, <sighs> But she, you know, in her, in her position with, you know, I mean, she's making a fortune. She's highest, highest rated show now in cable because of her uh, Trump-Russia thing. Um, and, uh, a lot of people are making a lot of money off of uh, Trump and, uh, you know, getting donations because he's uh, president and, you know, including the, the Democrats, the Democrat Party, uh, different environmental groups. Very, very lucrative um, for a lot of people. So, um, I don't know, I think that... Uh, Really, I, I want in on, on the money. I, I want in on the Trump presidency money. And uh, what I'm thinking basically is, uh, you know, did, did you notice that Trump uh, gave uh, fast food? 
to the Clemson Tigers. I mean, let's uh, now. Obviously, we've we've been off for a moment here. Let me see. Let me let me uh, let me ask Google if it can get something up here for me now. What, what high production values we have here. Just I, I should just say to you, like, please donate to Go Vegan Radio. Just, you know, look at our, look at our production values after 18 years. I'm going to ask Google to find the video. Um, what fast foods did Trump feed to Clemson Tigers? Okay, so we'll get, we'll get a video up here. Maybe we'll get a video. Let me see here. Is this the one? Hang on with me here. So you run a global supply chain. Um, of course, I get an ad. I don't know if this is the one I wanted anyway. So let me see here. Let me try this. Nope, not that one. Not that one. I think I should have rehearsed this, uh, rehearsed the show today before I started. So what's your favorite I like it all. I like it all. It's all good stuff. Great, great American food. And it's to be very interesting to see at the end of this evening how many are left. Do you prefer McDonald's or Wendy? I, I like them all. That's a tough question. If it's American, I like it. Okay, so so there you have it. Um, now I I know that uh, when uh, Trump uh, when Trump was uh, well, let's see, we were against the TPP, right? And then Trump was against the TPP, so then we were for the TPP, right? And we hated Comey, um, but then Trump fired Comey, so. Um, of course, we love Comey now, and um, we on the left were always, you know, against wars, and you know, always wanted to bring troops home. So, you know, we wanted to bring troops. We want to bring troops home from everywhere. We want to bring troops home from Syria, and so then Trump announces uh, that he wants to bring troops home from Syria. So, we're for the troops staying there now. In fact, stay there. For, you know, stay there, stay there, stay there. So, so now. What I don't understand is Trump just put on a big show for all the slashed food restaurants. He Didn't he put out his own money and did a whole spread for the Clemson Tigers? And um, it was, uh, it was uh, McDevil's, Murder King, and Wendy's, right? At least those we knew, at least from the news reports, which... I, you know, you can't believe a word of the news reports, but they seem to say uh, that uh, a lot of the food was there from McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King. So why would any Trump hater ever buy anything again from McDonald's, Wendy's or Burger King? I, I don't understand. Trump likes them. Did you hear how much he, he loved them, how great they are? Well, let's dump them. Let's dump all all of that, you know, all the fast foods. Um, we got to be against them. Let's be consistent here. 
And uh, then when Trump fed uh, all of that uh, slashed food uh, to the uh, Clemson uh, Tigers, they uh, Jesse Jackson came out. A lot of people said that uh, it was racist to serve them that. It was racist to serve burgers um, from uh, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. So why would we support racism in any form? If serving foods from those restaurants is racist, then let's stop the racism right now. No, no No more slashed food. And in fact... Communities of color uh, do consume a lot of those foods and look at the health crisis in communities of color. It is racist. Those, those foods are, are racist. Jesse Jackson is right. And immediately we have to end the racism of the consumption of uh, slash foods. Okay? Like, uh, I think that would make some sense, right? Okay, so... I mean, how, how can you ever go to McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King again? Trump thinks they're great. He spent his own money there from his own billions. He took his own money. He took his Trump change. Like, isn't that enough reason to never go to those slash food restaurants again? Which really... If, if we wanted to build a wall to protect us, we would build walls around those restaurants, not let anybody get into them. See, see how, much, how many lives that would save, right? Build walls around slashed food restaurants. McDevil's, Murder King, Wendy's, Kills Jr., all of them. All of them, all of them. Um, yeah, that, that's where we need walls, you know. And also, when you think about it, had Americans protested against Walmart with the same fervor against the wall, you know, we might have been, a, maybe we would have been able to save the country, huh? Yeah. But really, if you look at it, with the success of Walmart... Now, basically, there's a place every mile or so where you can buy the raw materials uh, to, to build a wall along the border. So, I don't know. Walmart, where everything made in China has an American flag on it. And yet, isn't it uh, China that has a perfectly good used wall when you think about it? Huh? That, that, uh... We could buy and really save taxpayer money. I mean, we have a wall that's being built that's 3,000 miles uh, long, supposedly, right? Well, the Great Wall of China was 13,000 miles. So we could divide it up into, like, uh, quarters and pile them on each other on our border and, uh, you know, save, save the money, right? So... It would be the Make America Great Wall of China again. The Make America Great Wall of China again. China is always so far ahead of us, right? I mean, they started that wall um, 7th century BC, 
like, whoa, long ago. Um, by the way, um, you should know I'm not really connected with any political party. I'm apolitical. I'm, I mean, a party is supposed to be a good time, <laughs> right? So don't connect me with any political parties. They're definitely not parties, you know. Party is supposed to be, you know, something where, you know, with people you'd like to be to be around, you know. Did I just end the sentence with a preposition? Okay, a party should be something with people around whom you would like to be. <sighs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want to I I wouldn't want to like I I'd scream if I were in an, in an elevator with the people from the parties the parties we have right so but I tell you a real party is reggae vegan fest now that's a real party reggae vegan fest July 21st San Diego reggae vegan fest with Third World and the movement. Yami Bolo. Empress Akua. Quinto Soul. Prime Livity. Lamore and the Mystic Band. Sensi Trails. Now that's a party with which I'm associated. Um, anyway. So. It's good to be back with you. Um, you know, I'm optimistic. I always think that we can create a, a vegan world. I do like to look on the bright side of things. Um, so, you know, when I'm told that there's going to be a 3,000-mile wall built, uh, I see a 3,000-mile uh, canvas for vegan graffiti. I see that that opportunity right there, a 3,000-mile go-vegan billboard paid by government money, you know. Um, the, the wall is a national emergency. Even more of a national emergency is that we go vegan. So I think it's only right that government money pay for a wall um, and then, and by the way, yeah, we need to get vegan messages on there. Um, you know, the whole go vegan thing. We can put portraits of great vegans like Cesar Chavez on the wall. We can put up uh, the Tolstoy quote, as long as there are slaughterhouses, there will be battlefields. You know, so let's turn that uh, Make America Great uh, Wall of China again frown upside down and uh, just make it a big 3,000 mile vegan billboard and it, it is the only place where free speech is still allowed where um, you, you won't be censored. Th that's it. The wall. The wall is the only place where we can still have free speech otherwise you're going to be censored. Um, anyway I have people who are I see people arguing all sorts of reasons for the wall, against the wall. Um, yeah, people, people are against the wall, and and I say, yeah, stick with the classic uh, dark side of the moon. For the parties, with the party members, with whom it would be no fun to party. Who are comfortably numb. 
or we're comfortably numb. <laughs> That's the wall. Pink Floyd. I digress. I see arguments about uh, that 3,000-mile wall. Democrats Democrats were for it years ago for some reason, but again, um, since Trump was for it, uh, got to be against it, got to be against it. Um, and then there are others, uh, like the Center uh, for Biological Diversity, saying that that wall will threaten uh, threaten species. Um, and uh, kind of an interesting thought. Um, really, how much fencing, how, how much road building threatens, threatens species, you know? And uh, but I, I, I get the point, and... I think that there you go. Centers for Biological Diversity can um, solicit donations. By the way, I am soliciting donations too. If if, uh, if 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 you if you weren't paying attention uh, a little while ago, please donate to Go Vegan Radio. There's a donate button at goveganradio.com. We're five hundred one c three educational nonprofit, and uh, donate to us. Uh, Trump is president. Donate to Go Vegan Radio. You heard what I said about Wendy's and Burger King and McDonald's. All, you know, supported by Trump. Trump favorites. He, he puts out his own money to them. We can't possibly support them anymore. So, um, they're racist. Jesse Jackson said they were racist. The, the, the McDonald's and Wendy's and uh, Burger King. He said Trump feeding that food to the Clemson Tigers was racist. So that must mean that food is racist. So we have to end racist food. Food that is causing so much heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes in communities of color. Huh? Donate to Go Vegan Radio because Trump is president. Um, and the Center for Biological Diversity wanted donations too. And, you know, and, and it makes me, you know, I start thinking, of, you know, that's where I get in trouble, you know, because I start thinking. And um, then I start thinking like, uh, what about extinction anyway? Is, uh, you know, the, the species that are threatened... First of all, I'm I'm very you know I'm sad that they're threatened and having a hard life here, but, ooh, everybody's having a hard life here, and then I start thinking. I know it's kind of a weird thought, but it's like maybe maybe they're better off extinct. Maybe uh, you know we are in the midst of a great extinction. And, uh, so, and, and, and also the, the animals who are, um, threatened in numbers, who are in low numbers because, uh, the environment doesn't support them, um, and the environment is threatened, um, I, I, I think it's terrible for them, but why would we care more about them than every cow, pig, chicken, turkey, goat, 
um, who's going to be slaughtered for food. They really would all have the same desire to live or desire not to be born. So, um, I'm not sure I, uh, you know. And then very often the idea is like to prevent extinction by uh, bringing the population back enough uh, so that they can be hunted or their skins can be worn or, you know, I mean, like, so. So it's a, I know it's a strange thought. I mean, I'm not for, you know, I'm for everybody who's who's alive now. I'm, you know, non, non-violence, non no killing, no, no war. I know it's strange for a person who thought he was on the left to be against war, but... Um, thought that was the basis for it wasn't it wasn't that the basis for our morality was to be against war and violence i was you know i protested against the vietnam war and uh you know and and then i was a, a peace activist and it you know the the evolution of peace activism has to be that you go vegan if you're really for peace and uh, then you see that wars are fought over um resources like land and water and all of which are totally squandered in animal agriculture in the production of meat dairy fish and eggs i mean it's just uh you know that's uh that's why we're at war that's why tolstoy said as long as there are slaughterhouses there will be battlefields and um so anyway so uh, uh we're in the midst of a great extinction. Uh, nothing guarantees that we're going to survive it, humans. Um, but is, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like if uh, bringing life into the world, life is so difficult. And, you know, it's, uh, who's the comedian? Um, not Dan Hicks. Dan Hicks was a band, Dan Hicks and the Hot Licks. Bill Hicks, I think it was, who um, did a routine on, uh, you know how people show baby pictures. They show, oh, look, my newborn, you know. But he showed old people. Um, and he said, you know, this is really, I mean, this is what it's about, you know. And, and I'm living that firsthand right now. Um, I know it's like, yeah, we bring children into the world. Um, I don't know, is it is it for selfish reasons for the parents I'm, I'm not really I, I don't get it it's such a world of suffering um like uh so as i said you know i a lot of my time and energy uh go toward taking care of an 84 year old woman who basically can't walk who's in constant agony um who's depressed and weeping all the time because of her condition and um, why do we want to bring lives into the world? I mean, I don't know. I, well, it's like, I don't know. Is it, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it saving um, endangered species, threatened species? Is it worth it so they, they can be, uh, that they can be born and die of hunger or be prey or have to chase after animals to, I mean it's it's a rough world here you know and uh, I don't know so um, I don't know you know there are there are people who, who are for human extinction you know 
Sounds like Rachel Maddow was one of them, actually. Like, she gets her way, boom. You know, the Russians are responsible for uh, the thermostat. And if it gets cold in the house, let's start a war with them. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that that the, we we should be going toward that. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't. If we should, you know, if extinction. I mean, theoretically, you know, extinction is going to come at some point on this planet, right? So, what is the purpose of life? Um. So should we accelerate the extinction and? Uh, continue to uh, antagonize Russia and have a nuclear war and, you know, get it over with? Or do we want to preserve life? Um, you know, if we are ag against extinction, um, the only way to stop this current mass extinction is if we all go vegan. And that's according to a, an Oxford University study from Joseph Poor. He was a guest on this program not too many shows ago. In the archives at GoVeganRadio.com. Um, and he basically said that that's the only way to, to stop the current mass extinction. So here I am thinking, I don't know, is, is extinction, maybe extinction's good. Maybe I should be encouraging people to eat more meat, like double double the meat, dairy, fish, and eggs that you eat, okay? On, on Meatless Mondays, have, you know, ha have, have more omelets uh, on Meatless Mondays than you normally have, and then on the Tuesday, make up for it, and, you know, just, just, you know, eliminate the fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains and seeds and, you know, all of that, 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 you know, the Bible tells you to eat, and just... You know, eat what Trump tells you to eat. Eat, go to McDonald's. Only eat at McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King. Okay, all right. So that's my pitch for extinction. If extinction is a good thing, and I really should, you know, like turn my head around. You know, since everything left is right, up is down. Maybe, maybe I have the wrong attitude. Maybe, maybe I need to be for extinction. And maybe this show should be like go, go eat more hamburgers with Bob Linden. I don't know. Should I don't know. I don't know what makes sense in this in this world anymore. Is the the CIA controlling my brain in today's show? <laughs> is it out of control? Or I don't know. It seems like most people are seem to be against extinction. And if we are told by science, this is a five year study, that the only way to stop the extinction and transform the planet is that we go vegan, like. Let's do it then. Like, okay? So if you're for extinction, you can continue to vote with, you know, your plate. Continue to eat meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. And, uh, you know, accelerate the extinction. If you're against extinction, you can uh, vote for that by going vegan. I mean, there, you have a choice, okay? And, um, you know, we're, we, you know... Extinction is, you know, what causes it? Habitat loss? So we're told in this study from Joseph Poor and Oxford University that we can reduce our land use by 76% if we were to go vegan. That means we could reduce our land use of an area the size of Africa for animal agriculture products and still feed everyone. And, you know, the land the size of Africa, that would be uh, 
That would be good for uh, reforestation and recovery of species. I mean, so that's the most important thing. If we are uh, against extinction, if we are for the endangered species, the threatened species, I mean, I know it's it's good for donations to be against the wall. Um, It's always good for donations to be against an unbuilt power plant in the future or a pipeline or whatever, but you know, the reality is it's animal agriculture and we could reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 50%, reduce acidification by 50%, eutrophication by 50% if we go vegan. So, you know, if, if we're serious about it, um, you know, we go vegan. If we're not serious, you know, we, we, we eat ice cream, you know. So anyway, all right, I guess uh, that's the start of uh, (laughs) our return to the talk show here. And uh, let's see. So coming up today, oh, I did a recent interview with Eric Weissman of Evolution, Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food. And uh, he has recently introduced an organic line of uh, vegan dog and cat food. So we'll talk to him about the new organic evolution. That's coming up with Eric Weissman. Um, I got in touch with Gary Francione and he's uh, he's busy. He can't, um, we can't get together on doing a show today, like a new show, but I don't know, would it be terrible if I ran uh, the uh, discussion we had just before Thanksgiving? I mean, it seems like a discussion is a horrible thing to waste. I mean, maybe some things will seem a little bit out of time or whatever, but in the grand scheme of uh, time in the universe, uh, it wasn't that long ago, but it was just before Thanksgiving that we did that talk. So maybe I'll play that interview uh, toward the end of the show. And then I want to thank uh, Vegetarian House for its support. Vegetarian House in San Jose, 520 East Santa Clara Street, um, its business is moving more and more toward catering. Um, that's what's happening. More and more, the uh, awareness is building on how it, how important it is for uh, companies' employees to uh, eat healthy, environmentally sustainable foods. And more and more companies uh, in the San Jose area are having meals catered by vegetarian house and uh food is delicious you know they're they're getting a regular schedule there so um the restaurants at 520 east santa clara street and uh definitely if you have an event coming up you're in the san jose area a business event a a social event you're getting married whatever um you want to impress the in-laws you want to impress uh the new boss whatever um have it catered by Vegetarian House, and the website is vegetarianhouse.us. Okay, so coming up, oh, and yes, uh, again, please uh, donate to uh, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Uh, now that Trump is president, it's more important than ever uh, that you donate to Go Vegan Radio. Um, you saw the, uh, the kinds of uh, foods that Trump was pushing. Um, we talked about it earlier. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's why we're here. We're here um, to educate the public 
about the kinds of foods that Trump is pushing. Okay, very important, very important that you uh, send us your anti-Trump dollars. Um, And uh, just like everybody else is really cashing in, I think it's really important that we cash in. Um, And again, um, look on the bright side of the wall. It's a uh, 3,000-mile canvas for uh, vegan graffiti. So that's an art project uh, that uh, Go Vegan Radio will... uh, you know, have to take upon itself. And, yes, do please support us with our productions of the Reggae Vegan Fests. Nothing like them, really. Truly amazing. We have third world, third world at the first ever San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. That's Sunday, July 21st. Third world, the movement, Yami Bolo, Empress Akua, Prime Liberty, uh, Lamore and the Mystic Band, Sensi Trails, Quinto Soul. So, okay, so it's Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. I have to get active again, you know, in all the uh, social media platforms, the Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. We have the Facebook page for Reggae Vegan Fest, Twitter at Go Vegan Radio. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com, on Twitter at Go Vegan Radio, Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, and please do check out our website, ReggaeVeganFest.com. Save the dates: Sunday, July 21st, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, the first ever San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest. That's Sunday. July 21st, we have reserved NTC Park, and Sunday, September 15th, we have reserved MacArthur Park for the second annual LA Reggae Vegan Fest, so, uh, and the website is reggaeveganfest.com, perhaps we have information there now, very exciting information about the the bands who will be performing and ticket information perhaps we don't have it there yet but uh keep checking back because it's everything's going to be posted there soon and we're we are going to have two spectacular shows don't tell anybody that uh those programs are uh basically vegan advocacy we just we want everybody to think that they're going to great music concerts, entertainment, spectacular entertainment, and when they leave, they'll go, why why do I feel like not eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs anymore after this great reggae concert? And by the way, reggae is vegan. That's right, the Rastafari culture, the word ital, for... That's the word. We, that's the word for vegan that we got in the 1930s, the decade before we got the word vegan, was the word ital. So um, ital for dogs and cats too. I'm all for it. Today we have Eric Weissman joining us again from Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food. How are you, Eric? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You know, there's. Always pluses and minuses, but I'm somewhere in between, like most of us. Right. Well, your minuses uh, probably are on the thermometer at the moment, right? You're in Minnesota? 
Yes, I am, and it's about 30 below zero here. Oh, so you're, you're talking about my bank account again. No, tell me what the temperature <laughs> is. <laughs> Join the club. Join the club, the 30 below zero club. I think that's why I'm living in California now. I did spend three years in Omaha, and uh, they hired me in the summer. They didn't tell me what winters would be like. But, you know, I saw them. I saw the Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings, and all. And I said, like, hmm, I don't think I want to be there in the winter. So, but you are, and uh, it makes you the more, the hardier person, right? It makes you hardy and healthy to... Uh, tough. 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 Tough enough to make vegan dog and cat food. So, I have... Actually, I have my own evolution timeline. Um, so, 35 years ago, I went vegan. And then, five years later, you started producing evolution. Right? So, yeah. that, that's yeah. about right. 12 years after that, I started this radio program. Um, so, if we do the math... Um, 18th anniversary right now right now it's the 18th anniversary of our show and if we started that 12 years after you started evolution then we're talking about uh yes you're 30 years ago and then so 12 years after um i um started the radio show 12 years after that daisy went vegan and loves her evolution and uh now, bringing us right up to date, you are introducing an organic line of vegan dog and cat food, correct? Yeah, we uh, introduced it actually in August of 2018. Oh, I'm always so far behind the times. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, oh, so you introduced it in August, and uh, okay, tell us about it. Okay, so for the past 30 years, we've been making plant protein vegan pet foods. Uh, they're named Evolution Diet, and uh, all Evolution Diet pet foods are 100% complete for all life stages, according to the National Research Council, Nutrition Research Council, excuse me, and the American Association of feed control officials. It's very interesting because we started making pet food that way 30 years ago, 100% complete for all life stages. And this is really an important qualification that a lot of people, and of course veterinarians included, don't know about. Because what that means is that there are proteins, vitamins, minerals, and other metabolites in the food that are required for all life stages. And why this impacts on life expectancy of dogs and cats is because uh, certain proteins, hormones, and vitamins that are not in pet foods can actually shorten the life expectancy of cats and dogs. 
at least from a theoretical standpoint. So as dogs and cats grow older, just like humans, they stop producing certain hormones and proteins, vitamins, that would be produced at a younger age. And that, of course, reduces the body's ability to ward off disease, including infections, cancers, you know, vascular disease, etc. And I guess I sh at this point, maybe I should have done this before, but I should uh, talk about my qualifications and why I became interested in this issue in the beginning. But uh, do you have any questions about, you know, 1% complete for all life stage pet food first? Oh, no, that's, uh, you, you're, you're, you're covering it. So, yeah, go to uh, where you wanted to go with your, with your qualifications. So formerly... I trained as a human physician, a chiropractic physician, and I worked in that area for a number of years. And when I became interested in pet food, I also became interested in supplement compound technology and working with different vitamins, botanicals, uh, protein isolates, and um, also uh, seed extracts. So uh, what happened is it sort of came together almost all at once. And why I became interested in dog and cat food and ferret food also to some extent was because I saw what was going on in the pet food industry. And a lot of people argue about dogs and cats and ferrets becoming vegan. But if they saw what was really going into conventional flesh-based pet food, I'm sure they would have a different perspective. And back in the mid-80s, I became uh, concerned about, you know, some dogs and cats that I was rescuing. And... Uh, I was wondering why they were getting so sick on, you know, conventional flesh-based pet foods. And uh, I started looking into the industry and the standards of the pet food industry, which, by the way, are very low. One as low as the slaughterhouse floor, from what I understand. So. Yeah, the lowest of the low, unfortunately, you know, like baby calves being born on slaughterhouse floors, um, baby lambs being born on slaughterhouse floors, uh, millions of infant chickens, you know, that are just born, you know, and, uh, you know... Uh, ground alive or suffocated ground, or... Yeah, ground up alive and suffocated by the millions every month for pet food along with their mothers, the female layer hens that are anorexic from being in horrific conditions in cages and over cramped barns and, you know, living in their own filth until the day that they die. 
uh, those sick animals and dead animals and diseased animals and dying animals are called 4D by the industry, 4-D. And that stands for dead, dying, diseased, and disabled. And unfortunately, four, four, that... 4D sounds more appetizing, I guess, uh, right? And, uh... Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I found out what was going on in the industry, and that, you know, I, I connected the dots, and I thought, well, this is probably why my cats and my dogs are dying prematurely, excuse me, from obscure diseases. So I started looking into the of making plant protein pet foods and you know of course the veterinarians that I was working with at the time you know with my rescues they told me I was you know out of my mind essentially for attempting you know <coughs> pardon me to design you know plant protein pet foods so I approached um few companies to see about the feasibility of doing this and of course some of them laughed me almost out of the out of their offices and finally I caught up uh, with me in Minnesota where which is where I live by the way and uh, a doctor Darwin Breitzman who was well <coughs> sorry Got that, got that 30 below cough He's, there, it sounds like. I've got actually a reaction from some wheat I ate tonight that wasn't uh, non-GMO. I get a, a reaction from glyphosates mm -hmm. when I eat yeah. bread and isn't uh, non-GMO, unfortunately. So here I am. Yeah. Back to the, 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 the living example uh, against VM uh, GMOs right there. There you go. So. There you go. Yeah. I got a very high sensitivity to this stuff. Hmm. Anyway, Daya Pizza tonight. A Daya vegan pizza. Uh huh. They're not non-GMO wheat, so they are vegan. Well, Non-GMO. Anyway. Well, see, I didn't think Going, that. Uh, have we gotten to the point where wheat is GMO now? I mean, have I not been paying attention? I know it's mainly soy and corn, and they've gotten to beets, and I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, we never really know exactly what's going on. But I didn't think that. I didn't think we got to the wheat yet. Um, wheat was one of the first. Wheat was one of the first. I. But the, you know, the potato was one of the first, wasn't there? The uh, oh, the, the, pota the potato that ki oh. if, the, if the if the Rocky Mountain beetle, I think it was, uh, took a bite of the potato, it it killed the beetle. And uh, you know, I was thinking like I I don't want to eat I don't want to eat a vegetable that's a pesticide. You know, that seems kind of kind of terrible. You know, uh, in fact, I got. I got arrested for protesting. I was the first person, I believe, arrested protesting against GMOs in California. Um, and it had to do with that potato from Monsanto. 
and uh, what what was my chant? It was something like, "We don't want no potato." engineered by Monsanto so you could see why I would be arrested I think it was the I think it was the poetry that got me arrested the chant actually um, but uh, yeah that was the case little did we know how poisoned our food supply would become it's it's an, it's a very very critical issue that we eliminate uh, non GMOs from our diets and uh, as you may know, that uh, Monsanto has thousands of pending litigations against that company for people who are dying with cancers linked to contact with glyphosate or what's commercially called Roundup mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of one of the uh, litigants just won over. Uh, some ridiculous sum of money and well into the millions because he had contracted this cancer from uh, contact with glyphosate or, you know, Roundup herbicide. Mm -hmm. Anyway, to go back to the plant protein pet food paradigm, uh, I linked up with Dr. Darwin Breitzman through this company, and he assisted me. He's an animal nutritionist, PhD, or was, and he helped me do the first formulations, you know, the formal formulations, to make sure that all the, you know, the nutrients were in the food to make it 100% complete for all life stages. And we started doing it for both uh, dogs and cats, And one of the reasons why we wanted to do 100% complete is because it would make the food more likely to help dogs and cats live longer. And unfortunately, it appears that we have a lot of copycats here in in North America and in Europe. But there's, from all the foods we've tested, only one company makes 100% complete nutrient pet food for all life stages besides ourselves. And I think that might be Ami of um, Italy. That might be the only one. All the other ones are not 100% complete for all life stages. And, you know, we have a lot of competitors now. When we first started 30 years ago, Evolution Diet was the very first, you know, plant protein, vegan pet food company on the planet. And uh, it wasn't until probably uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, that other companies started competing with us. I guess the first one was Wysong. Um, they started making a plant protein uh dog and cat food that was not 100% complete back in the 90s but that was the first one I know of the other thing that is really an important feature of evolution diet pet foods is that aside from the fact that all of our pet foods are 100% complete according to NRC and AFCO 
nutrient requirements. All, we don't use any chemical preservatives or chemical mold inhibitors. And the advantage to that is the lower likelihood of organ failure and cancer development in cats and dogs eating our foods. I think we're the only one that I know of in North America that doesn't use chemical preservatives or mold inhibitors. Um, and we haven't done that since the very beginning. Mm. So there's another big advantage. And then, of course, we make the now make the organic non-GMO ultralife uh, pet food for dogs and cats. And all of our foods, by the way, are 100% complete for both dogs and cats or cats and dogs so they can eat each other's foods. And we have many of our clients that have dogs and cats that eat the same food because all our foods are 100% complete for both. And there's another huge advantage. Well, so, uh, Daisy loves the uh, the canned food, and so um, she will eat it every day and uh, happily eat it every day. So what I find interesting is if you're telling me it's 100% complete, um, what, you know, I mean, and you were making the formulation to be 100% complete, how did you know about what tastes would work? How, how you know, how, how did you come to flavors where dogs would eat it um, every day sure <clears throat> well we relied on uh, uh, dr brightsman's know-how about you know utilization of yeast and molasses um primarily you know brewers yeast molasses and um flavored yeast products that are vegan by the way to flavor the foods and then um of course, we rely on a standardized program that was developed by AFCO and the NRC, a computer program in conjunction with, you know, animal nutritionist professionals to develop our designs and make sure they're complete. And, you know, of course, I've done many of my own taste tests with our own rescue dogs and cats, mm. and we've... We've developed our own flavorings, and of course we've added them to the foods, and uh, we've had pretty good results. We have add-on flavorings that we designed, and uh, for finicky, uh, for finicky picky eaters, you're saying? Yeah, for finicky picky eaters, and unfortunately, you know, that's more common with cats than with dogs. But uh, yeah. we found that we, we've had very good reception with our latest um, flavorings. Mm -hmm. And then we add a cheesy, a vegan cheesy flavoring to the pet food right at the plant mm -hmm. to make sure that the dogs and cats like it or in as much as we can. I mean, you know, of course there are limits and there are conditions and some cats, you know, honestly aren't crazy about the flavor of our food, but they are few and far between. Most cats say 90, 95% like the food as it is. 
and then there's a small percentage that don't. That doesn't mean that they can't be coaxed into it, you know, by adding things to their food, including our add-on flavorings. But, um, including, or, or what else might be added uh, to encourage them? Or Well, they're not vegan things. Let's not talk about it then. Oh, okay. I don't want to encourage them. Oh, okay. So, okay. What, now, when people say to me... Um, well, they usually mention like taurine, I guess, when I when I talk about uh, vegan dog or cat food. So, what's the what's the story on taurine? That seems to be the buzzword. Taurine is an amino sulfonyl acid. It's not um, strictly speaking, um, or technically speaking, an amino acid or protein, but it's very much like a protein. But it it is a synthetic. It is can be plant-based or it can be actually chemically-based. And uh, it's the same taurine that's used in meat-based pet foods, but coming from the same place. It's coming from a laboratory instead of from a slaughterhouse. And we use the same one that they use. But again, it's vegan. It's plant-based, if you will. And uh, we've been using it for years in all our cat foods. And by the way, I want to say that the Ontario College, the Ontario College of Veterinary Medicine is completing a study right now on longevity of dogs and cats on our vegan diet and also the vegan diets of other companies. And they're comparing them to the life and health expectancy of dogs and cats on flesh-based pet foods. And that study, like I said, is being completed right now. So sometime in the next few months, the results of this study are going to be published in an international journal of science and from what I have seen, and let me assure you that this isn't the final outcome, but from what I've seen, dogs and cats that are on a vegan diet are living as long or longer and having the same health or in better health than, you know, dogs and cats that are eating flesh-based pet foods. Now, this isn't the final outcome, so I don't know what the final result will be. But thanks to the government of Canada and the Ontario Veterinary College, uh, this study is going forward and being completed. It started early in 2018. And once and for all, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this will finally dislodge the argument that, you know, cats and dogs are obligate carnivores because, um, you know, we've been feeding vegan pet foods, plant protein pet foods to dogs and cats, you know, for easily, you know, almost 30 years now. And we have cats exceeding 22 human years and although they're, this, these are the exceptions. We've had cats exceed 22 years. 
We've had dogs exceed 20 human years. Um, they are the exceptions, but we've had many that live within the same ranges of flesh-based pet food fed cats and dogs, you know, somewhere between 15 and 17 years. That's very common. And they look like they're in beautiful shape. I have several right now. And they're all in their mid to late teens and doing beautifully. And we're feeding them our organic food now. Yeah. Well, tell us about the organic food and uh, how it came to be, why it came to be, what it is. And, uh, okay. Yeah. For five years, six years prior to this time, we attempted to get supplies for organic dog and cat foods and or cat and dog foods, whichever. And we were having so much difficulty procuring the um, supplies, you know, the um, seed material, like for example, we use a combination of sunflower seeds, pea protein, peas, um, these are all organic, by the way, in the organic food. And then organic soybeans and organic soybean meal and organic, you know, vegetable oil, which are constitute literally about 90% of the food. The rest of it are the, you know, minerals, the vitamins, um, some of the botanicals that we add in. So... The food itself, or the, the main part of the food, is organic, and then there's a small part that is not organic because it's supplements and, you know, that kind of stuff that is made in a laboratory. You know, like taurine, for example, and carnitine, and lysine. These are the added protein isolates that we put in our foods to make them 100% complete. They come from a lab, and they're not, um, you know, organic, but they're lab-based, and they're vegan, of course. And, you know, we, um, uh, we did this because I knew there was a need, and because you did, actually. It was, it was very interesting. Bob Linden actually helped motivate me to complete this project, back in the middle of last year because um, you, Bob, told me that people want organic pet food. And so, you know, even though we were making pet foods that were, you know, vegan and non with non-GMO ingredients to some extent, we didn't have a fully organic pet food until... Um, after I spoke to you and you enlightened me about the importance of going forward with this project, it helped inspire me. Um, I will tell you that it was sort of a coincidence because at the same time that you were telling me about the importance, I hooked up with a company that provided us with organic non-GMO human-grade ingredients for Evolution Ultra Life Pet Food. And 
it came together all at once and we started making this pet food and <clears throat> I'll tell you honestly it hasn't been the performance the sales performance has not been what I hoped for but I'm glad we did it well I'm not, I'm not sure people really know about it now you know because uh, the, here I am I inspired it and I didn't know it really was getting produced as of last August. I should know, right? If I inspired yeah, it. Yeah, you and should. I, <laughs> yeah, so we, if we, I don't know, then um, I, I'm going to presume most people don't know that an organic variety of evolution has been introduced. And I'll, I'll bet a lot of the stores will pick it up. You know, a lot of the health food stores or whatever will be interested in an organic <laughs> variety. But we have to get the word out now. So, and... Well, uh, We've offered it, you know, um, we've offered it to the stores, and of course we offer it to our clientele, you know, including our distributors. The reception has not been that great, you know, because it is considerably more expensive to make this food, so it increases the cost to the customer, and I know that's the reason why. It hasn't been a hot seller, but but it we will discount. be. It will be. It's new. It's new. It's out just yeah. since last last August, and so uh, we need to get the word out. But people pay more for organic, you know, for they pay they more do. for organic for themselves, and <laughs> they will pay more for um, organic food for their dogs and cats too. Um, yeah, we're we're offering it at a fifteen percent discount every day. And um, we're making regular small batches of the organic food, so it's always fresh. Mm. And again, it's 100% complete for both cats and dogs for all life stages. And we don't use any chemical preservatives or chemical mold inhibitors in any of our Evolution Diet Pet Foods. Mm. And by the way, that canned food that you use for Daisy we use non-BPA liners for the cans, so they, there's no contamination from the internal aspect of the can into the pet food that you're using. And we make dry kibble and, and uh, of course, moist canned foods as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so, how can how can people get it? Um, is it from the website, or should you give a phone number now uh, also? Both, both. They can get it by calling our offices in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 651-228-0632. That's 651-228-0632. Or they can go online to www dot petfoodshop.com <laughs> sorry okay www.petfoodshop.com yep and or just look up evolution diet pet food and uh we have a new website coming up that still isn't up yet and we but there is a buying site there's a online store and if they go to evolution diet pet food they'll come to that online store and they can purchase it there or just 
phone us and get a 15% discount on their first purchase of dry kibble pet food every day. Uh-huh. So, so, so what are the discounts then? What's the discount on the organic uh, uh, food? 15% off on all the organic foods in all sizes every day. Every day, 15% every day. off. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So if Now, we believe that offering a chemically-free pet food like Evolution Ultra Life is going to extend the lives of cats and dogs considerably. Now, this isn't a study outcome. It It's a hope. It's not, I'm not telling you your dog or cat are going to live any longer on evolution, ultra-life organic than any other pet food. But we hope that they will. And it's a reasonable expectation because the food is so chemically free. And unfortunately, chemicals are, to a large extent, are what are killing us. So if you're looking to extend the lives of your cats and dogs, I urge you to consider Evolution Ultra Life. I also urge you to use distilled water for your dogs and cats because distillation removes a lot of the chemicals, the drugs, the heavy metals, radiation particles that are in tap water, and even in your water that has been filtered. You know, I mean filtered in addition to the filtration systems used by the cities and counties. So, I, I, uh, I I've been a fan of Mountain Valley spring water for for ages, and it and it comes in glass bottles. So oh. from uh, from from deep in some place in Arkansas, um, I believe, and uh, I I actually. Love the water. Daisy, I give Daisy the water all the time, too. The, the yeah. uh, Mountain Valley spring water in glass bottles. Um, yeah. I, I find it to be almost like delicious. It's all, You know, I don't know what it is about, uh, you know, pure water in glass bottles. I like, well, know. hopefully it's not the glyphosates or Roundup that's in the water. It's yeah, hopefully that not. flavor. Yeah, really. <laughs> delicious water from yeah, Mon- delicious water from uh, from what blew over from the Monsanto farm next door. Yeah, what what was so strange about Monsanto some years back uh, was that you know the uh, the the GMO uh, the pollen would uh, blow over to a nearby farm which didn't want to grow GMO um, corn or. Uh, or uh, soy, and then when by accident it was growing on the, the, the nearby farm, Monsanto would sue the farmer for growing you know, the Monsanto product. It was like so bizarre, so strange. And and Monsanto would win those lawsuits. So Of course, because the legal system is, so is run by the corporations. Right, just, right. It's just so, like the government. So and corrupt. And it's amazing, and you're so heroic for doing this radio program and speaking out against the corporatocracy. I mean, you know, the vegan movement isn't just about saving animal lives. 
and saving our planet. It's also about saving human lives and giving us a little more dignity, which we so, so much need in a crazy society like we live in. Mm. I mean, it's, it's insane what's going on, but it's the key to everything. I mean, it's like one-stop shopping, the cure for the, the, the cure all vegan, you know, it's uh, the cure for uh, uh, torturing and killing animals for the diseases, the heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes on the planet and climate change. Yeah. It's humans. I mean, the reality is, you know, the, chemical the slaughter animal chemical drug industry are really one industry that feed off one another and so many of the chemical drugs are made with slaughter animal ingredients you know of course there's the obvious ones like gelatin but when you look at vaccines for example they're made from animal blood and they are um, preserved with ethyl mercury, and they use aluminum sulfate as a excitatory substance for the immune system. And I'm talking about vaccines. Right. So, yeah, mm. yeah, I'm talking about vaccines. So there are so many implications um, and advantages of using the vegan strategy not only for your self and your diet, but for your total outlook on saving our planet and, of course, saving the animals and human lives. And uh, it's, you know, I, I told you that my formal training was as a human physician, but now I'm an authorized practitioner in the state of Minnesota for non-humans and Humans, amazingly, I have a, a dual authorization with the state, and I work with small animal diseases and large animal diseases using supplement compound technology, and I do the same for humans. But I've learned, you know, through trial and error, that you have to be really careful about what you say or what I say to my clients regarding the um, assistance or the healing um, compounds that I use for disease because, let's face it, the slaughter animal chemical drug industry really do run the government to a very large extent. And it's amazing to me. It is amazing to me that I'm allowed to practice this way in, uh, in this state like any other state, it's just incredible to me that they allow this kind of practice, supplement compound technology, and the development and use of plant protein vegan pet foods. I mean, it, you know, we're, we are progressing. This movement is progressing. Don't ever think for a moment that you're not making the grade, that you're failing in your mission. We're not. We're going forward. Look at the number of companies that have copied Evolution Diet Pet Foods over the last 15, 20 years. I mean, there's probably about 10 or 20 pet food companies, both vegan and non-vegan, because non-vegan, of course, non-vegan pet food companies do it for the money. 
they want to get more people buying their products. But there's a number of vegan pet foods like Menevo, Ami, V-Dog that also make plant protein pet foods much, I guess, much like our own. Unfortunately, almost all of them are not 100% complete for all life stages. And as far as I know, they all use chemical preservatives. So there's, there's an advantage that we don't have. There's one disadvantage of our food, and I'll tell you what that is. Our foods don't use chemical preservatives and chemical mold inhibitors. So guess what? You have to tightly seal the packaging between use. So they're not exposed to moisture or air, and they'll last longer that way. And of course, our shelf life, we don't have the same shelf life as our competitors. You know, Evolution Pet Foods only have about, you know, an eight-month shelf life in cool, dry conditions. So does that go, what, the shelf life for cans and dry food, or what? what's the... Are they the, the that's or? for the dry kibble food. For the dry kibble food, what would you say for for cans or is that two years? Two years. Two years. And dry in a dry, you know, moisture. So, so so people should you know close the bag tightly and put like the 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 clip on it, like the chip clip for the potato chip bags or something. Exactly, exactly, and keep them tightly closed, you know, okay. between use all the time. Another thing that people should know is that using distilled water for drinking is best with cats and dogs and ferrets. Always distilled water because of its purity and lack of chemical content, lack of radiation content. And you can buy these um, distillers, these tabletop distillers, um, and you can put them in your kitchen, and they can crank, some of them can crank out five gallons a day. I mean, most people don't need five gallons a day, but if you buy one that's pumping out two or three gallons a day, that's a good amount of water if you have a few cats and a few dogs or a few cats and some ferrets or pet mice like I do. I have a bunch of pet mice as well as cats and dogs usually and sometimes ferrets and rabbits that we've taken in. So for my daisy, I would be distilling uh, uh, Mountain Valley spring water from bottles. That, that's got to be the, the purest because it's starting off Mountain Valley spring water. And then... that would, yeah, <laughs> sure. Now, you, it would be interesting, though, because in the bottom of the electric distillers, there's a collection area, like a collection pan. And when you run the distiller, the impurities come out and collect in the collection pan at the bottom of the distiller. And it's interesting, even in which you'd consider some of the cleanest and the most highly filtered water, you'd see impurities start collecting in the bottom. And then you take the tray out and, of course, throw it in the garbage or you can put it in the, down, you know, your sink down in, into your sink and uh, dispose of it that way. But you will see... But, but, but wear a hazmat suit, right? And uh, 
Excuse me? I said, but wear a hazmat suit while you're doing it. You yeah, know? there you go. Yeah, wear one of those <laughs> protective suits while you're doing your water distillation. <laughs> when yeah. you're getting rid of the impurities. Yeah. You, you should probably wear a hazmat suit if you're handling uh, chicken or dairy also, right? I mean, yeah, really. It comes right down to it. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, occasionally, you know, I, I look around, I, I just... Some things that interest me seem to be looking up uh, you know, recalls, food recalls, uh, you know, uh, so-called uh, pet food uh, industry recalls, and it seems to be there. There, it's it's it seems to be pretty constant that there are uh, recalls from uh, you know of, of dog and cat food. Talks um, recalls are are have. You know, they're so commonplace. Very common. I mean, you just you Google, Google, you know, pet, pet food open. recalls, and yeah. you know, they're they're pretty consistent. Uh, I see very often they seem to be like, you know, bacteria, maybe uh, is it Listeria or Campylobacter, but I, I see a spate of them right now that seem to be high vitamin D content. Is that uh, have you seen that or it's a, a bunch of Dog foods have been recalled for high vitamin D. It seems I don't know what. Uh, yeah, and what's up you know, with that? It, I may have been an extraordinary concentration of vitamin D accidentally mixed in the pet food. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I haven't followed that one. It, it's a variety of brands too, so probably right. some. Right, you know, so it, probably the company that's doing the premix. For the pet food, mm -hmm. is putting in a extraordinarily high concentration of vitamin D, which can be toxic in high concentrations, mm -hmm. cats and dogs, as well as other animals. So, um, another one that I I know is very commonplace are euthanizing agents. Yes, like phenobarbital. We talked about that the last time. Uh, because there was a feature on a, a Washington D.C. area TV show uh, where the uh, the euthanizing agent was showing up in in the food. Which well, how does that get into the dog and cat food? Do, dog and cat euthanizing agents in dog and cat food. What? How does that get there? City kill shelters and county kill shelters that are killing cats and dogs. And using euthanizing agents like phenobarbital or something like pentaphenobarbital um, are getting into the pet food because they grind dogs and cats for cat and dog food. That's how it's happening. So, and so the, the, so the, the euthanized dogs and cats are being ground and become an ingredient in dog and cat food like so exactly. it's like yes. uh, cannibalism you know yeah and you know the greed is rampant i mean you're talking about an incredibly greed-ridden industry and let me tell you you know let's let's be frank you know talking about these issues is risky it's risky the reality is these pet food companies do not want these issues discussed and, you know, our company's been attacked several times by, you know, prostituted journalists like Skeptivet, Pet Food Evaluator, 
I mean, these are just prostitute journalists that attack vegan pet food companies. Oh, and how many rec- how many times have you been recalled over 30 years? Guess. I'll guess never. That's right. Evolution Pet Food has never had one single toxic recall in its 30 years of production. Not one. There you go. So, so and we don't intend to. And I'll keep my fingers crossed because, you know, let's face it, we live in a predatory society, predatory, and you never, you really never know what can happen in business. It's, it's, it's shameful about human behavior, what people will do to screw up another company's business. But so far, we've been very lucky. We've had never had a toxic recall we've had lots of healthy long living pets and we hope to continue to do so hopefully longer and healthier now that we have organic non-GMO and if anyone wants to call us for a free assessment consultation regarding their sick dog or cat or human for that matter we are registered again with the state of Minnesota and we can assist you and use supplement compound technology instead of chemical drugs and with the immunosuppressive effects of certain drugs and chemicals that are commonly used by veterinarians and doctors and you know we like I said we use supplement compounds which are vitamins botanicals and protein isolates and seed extracts instead of chemical drugs, which I think is, uh, we just use that with your dog. By the way, your dog was sick a couple of weeks. Yeah, we, uh, we got uh, caught in rainstorms in Southern California. We were soaked, we were cold, and she was coughing a little bit, but uh, that has subsided, so we're good, uh, we're good again. So we're back, we're back to normalcy. So, yeah. So, well, great. Give us the phone number again for people to reach you regarding ordering that great new organic. Come on, we got to get the sales up on the organic. So, yeah. And Ultra Life, fifteen percent off every day. And the phone number is six five one two two eight zero six three two, or just look us up online. Evolution Diet Pet Food Corporation. Terrific. Evolution Pet Food Corporation. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Bob, and thank you for all your great work and your heroism. What you're doing is amazingly important, and you're helping to save, you know, what's left of human society and the animals at the same time. Thank you. Ah. Well, I wasn't going to interrupt you there, uh, of course. Yeah, for, 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 yeah you're doing and, and, and all of that just by encouraging people not to eat meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, to eat what's normal for them, you know, to be vegan, yeah. uh, and to not uh, eat, wear, or use animals in, in any way. And that's the key to it all, the simple little solution there. So, uh, and you are doing 
uh, great work too, Eric, with Evolution and uh, really making such a major contribution because, you know, what, what would Daisy eat, you know? Uh, and uh, it's great that you offer that alternative and have done so for 30 years and uh, onward and upward uh, in the next 30 years. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Okay, I appreciate it, Bob. Okay, okay. okay bye-bye. Our thanks to Eric Weissman of Evolution Diet Vegan Dog and Cat Food for being with us today and talking about the new organic variety that he has. And yes, uh, we are back and doing our broadcasting, our talk show, our podcast after a bit of a hiatus. And uh, yeah, it's uh, just like falling off a bicycle. Uh, I'm back, uh, you know, falling off a bicycle here. Um, with big news, big, big, big news. So uh, maybe you'll forgive me for the hiatus a little bit, but, uh, you know, working behind the scenes on putting together two major events that I think are uh, essential vegan advocacy, music-centered, entertainment-based vegan advocacy. We're going to bring people out to have such a good time, enjoy themselves so much, and then we will uh, inject them with... Uh, the, the vegan way, um, which is the ITAL way. Um, anyway, so save the dates on your calendar. Sunday, July 21st, San Diego Reggae Vegan, uh, San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest, first ever at NTC Park, noon to 9 p.m. And then save September 15th, that's a Sunday for the second annual LA Reggae Vegan Fest that will be at MacArthur Park. And we will be announcing the artist for LA Reggae Vegan Fest in the near future and announcing the artist for San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest right now. And we have Third World third world an iconic reggae band the legendary reggae band that's been around for 45 years third world will be at san diego reggae vegan fest we have spectacular music all day nine hours of amazing music fantastic food mind-blowing speakers including dr milton mills the movement will be at san diego reggae vegan fest the phenomenal band Yami Bolo again a reggae legend Empress Akua we have Prime Liberty Quinto Soul Lamore and the Mystic Band and Sensi Trails so um, I think it will be one of the greatest days of music ever in the history of the universe and then September 15th will be just as great. So, anyway, the website is reggaeveganfest.com, reggaeveganfest.com. And to make a donation to support our work, remember, we are producing Radio Bobby also, a 24-7 music station that uh, doesn't play any commercials for... Well, you saw, you heard earlier in the show, we talked about the Trump-supported foods, foods fed to the Clemson Tigers out of his own pocket 
from uh, McDevil's Murder King and When Dies. So, um, yeah, so that's... Uh, we're, uh, we're campaigning against uh, Trump-supported foods. You know, Trump eats ice cream. Trump eats ice cream all the time. So uh, everybody immediately stop eating ice cream, okay? Um, all righty. So um, coming up next, um, I think I'll just play the interview that I did with Professor Gary Francione. We did this just before Thanksgiving, and, um, you know, why the delay? I don't know. Um, and Gary wasn't available um, yet this week. We have uh, Professor Francione on regularly for commentary. Uh, can't connect for this show right now, but, uh, you know, an interview is a terrible thing to waste. So we will uh, play the interview from just before Thanksgiving. Um I don't know, we might refer to another reggae show that we were doing, but that didn't happen, has no relevance. But uh, the relevant programs right now are San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest and LA Reggae Vegan Fest, reggaeveganfest.com. Please donate at goveganradio.com. Hi, Gary. Let's see here. Let me hi, see. Hi. Let me see if uh, our little device says that we're recording again. I like to check that every time. And let me just recording a call. Yes, it says recording a call. Okay, it's doing what it's supposed to. How unusual for me in technology. So, okay. So. Um, I, what I was saying is that I think that um, it's very important. These events, these these vegan festivals, are very important. They're a very important way of 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 educating people about veganism. Uh, uh, the the thing is, I think it's really important that the message really be clear. And unfortunately, at most of these events, uh, the World Vegan Summit being notable exception, and 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 the more more recent event that you had. The, those are really exceptions to the rule in terms of being very clear. I heard one who was there that there somebody had to sign up the vegetarian and they were they were able to take it down. They were asked to take it down. And um, so, so I'm sorry you, you broke that's up again. A good thing. You, you broke up again. So you said um, that what somebody there had a sign that said vegetarian and they were yes, yeah, yeah, Somebody at your event. Uh-huh had a sign that said vegetarian and as i understand it they were told to take it down mm-hmm. <laughs> that they they That's, didn't <laughs> that sounds like my event doesn't it uh yes exactly <laughs> although although you know, you know, I, but vegetarian the thing is that can the, mean vegan to some people you know i mean it's like uh sometimes uh when people use well no i believe that i believe vegan, but i believe this um vegetarian or or ve- it was vegetarian and vegan or something Oh. And and you know so and that's that's not good, um, not good at all actually. And so, uh, but you, you you and so they were asked to, to to take that down, which I think is terrific. Um, that's exactly what you should have done. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, uh, but, but yours your events um, are are unique um, in that in that regard um, because most of the time 
people don't um, don't you know the, most people and um, and it's it's upsetting uh, because really I think we have to be clear about this and a vegan a vegan fest should not be just in uh, 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 the um, uh, the people in Canada who are putting these things on um, the uh, the Ekaratsi people uh, they their events are are vegan and 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 clearly vegan um, but uh, and 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 overtly abolitionist vegan but if you know if you take if you take their their you know the Canadian organization out. They and, and they're actually starting to have some events now here in the United States. But if you take their events out um, and you take your events out, then most of these festivals are are they may have vegan food, but they're not really advertising a very clear vegan message. And so I think that what you're doing is very very good and it's terrific. And uh, I hope you keep doing it. Well, but we, um, we seem although to have you, no choice, uh, that, you know, when when people say, well, I, I know, you know, I know. Things, these things are, are, are a terrible amount of work. I understand that, but um, but I also think that um, you know the reality is that um, you know if you want to do something useful, um, an event like that probably uh, reaches more people than most of the or many at least of the conference type events. Um, I mean, I, I think I think World Vegan Summit was was ter- terrific. Um, but in, in in part because it wasn't sort of a traditional um, sort of conference, it was uh, it was focused more on just vegan advocacy as a general matter. It's somewhat unusual, unfortunately. It's somewhat unusual. Yeah. Well, but it seems, uh, it seems to be the only right advocacy uh, for the moment to me. So um, so we have it right in the title. It's a Reggae Vegan Fest. You know. So and, yes. No, uh, I know. I know. Yeah, and uh, it, it 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 it's it go, it hits people really well. You know, they react very uh, favorably to that. So, and uh, yes, it's uh, also music centric, and uh, but it's music centric, but it has the uh, the message too. So, um, and you know, I just saw a recent one of the one of the veg fests in uh, Southern California, and and I see. You know, farm sanctuary there uh, you know it's just uh, very disappointing to see groups uh, who are have, have led the meat is okay movement and uh, the groups who yeah well that's 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 what I'm, that's what I, that's what I'm saying Bob that's what I'm saying what I'm saying is these these organizations for the most these these events for the most part they are not promoting a clear vegan message um, as I say, the food may be vegan that they're serving, although, <laughs> although I wouldn't, try, you know, I, I'm not sure I would trust it. But, but the, the the food may be vegan. The problem is that you know if you've got groups like if you've got Whole Foods there, and you've got Mercy for Animals and Compassion Over Killing and all of these these happy exploitation organizations, you can bet that the message that's being sent at that you know that when they when they come over and talk to the people at, at the at the um, the booth. Um, you can bet that there's going to be a uh, you know they're 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 going to get the wrong message. I spoke at a at a at a, a vegan festival not long ago, um, organized by some very nice people. But they had I'm trying to think who they had there. If they had uh, um, was it Mercy for Animals? I don't remember whether it was Mercy for Animals. I think it may have been 
that they had mercy for animals there. I just don't remember. They had, but they had one or two. They had PETA there, and they had um, they had, they had a couple of the um, a couple of the uh, the happy exploitation groups. And my talk, I gave a talk about you know the problems with happy exploitation. And um, and uh, and people were very, you know, some people there were very angry. Now, you would think that, it, you know, if, if they're not promoting that sort of thing, then they they would not be upset by what I'm saying. But because their message is clearly, you know, is 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 confusing at best, um, they don't want people to sort of point that out, that it is in fact, a very confused message. Well, the groups, so, the you know, groups I'm, that you uh, just mentioned are the ones who were supporting Proposition 12 here, including in defense of animals. And, you know, I, I just uh, I, I just don't even understand it, you know. I mean, it's just so, so ridiculous. So, so now, apparently, um, we've prevented cruelty. Uh, the, 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 you know, it, it passed. And uh, so I, I don't know what took us so long. Who... Uh, why didn't we come up with the idea earlier to prevent cruelty? We we just uh, voted, so I guess it's okay to to eat uh, meat and dairy and eggs now because we just passed something that says we're preventing cruelty. I, I ran into somebody in a store who just went vegan, and he said, yeah, I went vegan, and I love animals, so I voted for Proposition 12. And it was like, hey. So, you know, I mean, there it is, that propaganda they had what, 20, 23 million dollars of propaganda to throw at people? And I, I have two, two posts on Facebook to say, you know, I mean, basically it was written by United Egg Producers. It's their standards and, you know, it prevents no cruelty. Everybody experiences cruelty and everybody's killed. Nobody gets out alive. 100% cruelty and murder. And we call it prevent cruelty. So that chases me off into reggae vegan festivals when I see such uh, deception like that, uh, especially from the people who are supposed to be the ones protecting and defending animals. And uh, it's just uh, awful. I don't know why anybody would support anybody who supported Proposition 12. I I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I think Proposition 12 was... It's funny, I called the United Egg Producers, and I asked them um, what their position was, and uh, they told me, um, they didn't say that they were for it, um, I think they said they were not taking a position, I don't remember, they gave me some, they gave me some, uh, some, some response, I actually don't recall what they said, but, um, but it wasn't that they were they were for it they were uh, they were they were not saying that they were for it um and um let me see if i might even have it here we even have their response here i don't remember and and, and there, there um, was video there was video of hsus testifying in front of a committee um in the california legislature and hsus was just saying it's uh, codifying the standards of the egg industry united egg producers i mean it just opened well, here's here's, here's i have i have here's my my email from united egg producers at the direction of our board uep does not have a position on california's ballot initiative our farmer members support all types of hen housing changes in hen housing are complex and costly and require close collaboration with customers our focus remains on proper management of hen health and well-being and meeting or exceeding all food safety requirements and this was from someone named chad gregory right he's the president uh, president he's, yeah he's the president yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um and so so i wasn't entire it wasn't you know i mean i i was 
so they were they were not coming out saying they were in favor. They said that they don't have a position on California's proposed ballot initiative. Although I I understand that they were in large part uh, very enthusiastic about it and 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 had a formative role in it. Now that's what I have read. I don't know if they. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think that I say, if, if they don't have a position on it, then it can make all the people who think that they're preventing cruelty believe that they're preventing cruelty because the egg industry isn't supporting it, and they know it's going to pass anyway. But, it, 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 it I mean, in the legislation itself, it says it's using the guidelines from United Egg Producers. So uh, they should be happy about that. Um, <laughs> oh... We don't know. They're, they're just going to use our guidelines. I don't know if we're happy about that. So. Well, no, I mean, I, I think it would be crazy for them to say they supported it, frankly. Right. Um, they, would, they, would be, they would be silly to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, so, so I, was, I was not surprised that I got that email back. And um, because I was sort of, I, I, was, I, I, I was not surprised to get the email. Um, but it's a bad idea, and what it's done is we're just once again animal people have have bought the you know have taken the bait to use an unfortunate expression, a hook, line, and sinker of the animal exploitation industry, and um, and they've uh, they've once again done something which yeah, Proposition Twelve drama uh, is the a and uh, I'm sorry, animal you, exploitation you, 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 people. You, you broke up a little there, like a couple of second sentences back. I say, I say, the only winners in that situation are the egg industry and the large animal protection mm. protection groups that pimp all of this horrible. And, and, uh, and look, at, at we, we had such a ch- change in management at, at these organizations, right? A HSUS change in management, Mercy for Animals. You know, people are gone, but the same horrible policies for for animals. Like, meet the same boss, all, same as the old boss. Well, I don't know why why you would change. I mean, just because Wayne Pascal's no longer there. Um, you know, the, the it's the organization. The organization, what substantive positions were objected to, was not there because of concerns about sex or sexual harassment. Um, and the same thing with with you know, I mean, with, with Runkle. I don't, I have no idea why Runkle left. Well, it was Nick Mercy Cooney for Animals. And Nick uh, Cooney leaving. Yeah, well, Cooney, Cooney, um, Cooney left. Um, and um, uh, but but I don't think these people are leaving because there's substantive substantive objections to their position. I think the reason right. they're leaving it's is that you know there are, there, the are other, there are other reasons why they they left, um, not having to do with substance, um, but it's, it's the substance of their animal position. But um, so you know I I I am not at all at all. Um, uh, 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 I'm not at all surprised that you know it wasn't an it wasn't an opportunity for groups to sort of re reassess their position. It doesn't surprise me at all. But um, but anyway, so well, a long list of supporters too. Very disheartening to just 
read that long list of you know just uh i don't know you know it's like if if people don't you know if they're ignorant i mean they're they, they shouldn't be in a position to be ignorant so you know like either they're ignorant or they're cruel which, which one is it I, how can you tell people that uh, we're preventing cruelty when you're grinding up everyone and chopping off their faces and killing them and stuffing them in clouds of ammonia and you know it's like uh oh we prevented cruelty it's okay enjoy your eggs and and by the way that one square foot of space yeah that's that's fine one square foot is fine right that that prevents cruelty because it could have been you know half a square foot you know like we said it could always be worse so we're preventing cruelty because you know it could always be, you know, instead of one square foot of space, three quarters of a square foot of space, if if that works in fractions or decimals or something. So I don't know. So. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's it's hard, but you know, they've really the these groups have really um, I I, I want to say uh, a popular quite quite successfully made um, acceptable this idea idea and desirable this idea that well we have to take one step at a time and we're moving in the direction of um of 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 stopping animal exploitation um we just need to take additional steps and you know but this is a first you know i mean i, I had people I, I put up some posts on my facebook page saying that i don't think people should support proposition 12 and i, I got some very nasty um emails and messages from people well, you know, this is just the first step and this is, you know, what's wrong with you and it's going to make things better. And, and you know, you, you just you have the sense that people think that this all of this animal welfare stuff started last week. And, and you know, this is just the beginning of it. And, they, they, you know, what they don't seem to understand this has been going on for hundreds of years. And all it does is just further animal exploitation because it gives that um that that we can do the right thing the, the the wrong thing the right way and we can do it in a compassionate way and so you know you all you're doing is just reinforcing these very very wrong ideas and 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 it's been happening forever i mean it's been in what's what's really interesting is if, if you look back for example after the the after britain passed regular the regulation of legislation Legislation which regulated vivisection, the number of animals using vivisection went up dramatically because people felt better about vivisection because it was being regulated. And that's how, you know, I mean, if people think that, you know, that, that animals are being treated humanely, they feel more comfortable about it. That's the problem. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, the animals aren't being, I don't even know what humane treatment means in this context, but whatever it does, it's, it's not, it ain't happening. Um, and, you know, the, the the, these these animals are being tortured, and um, this idea that well you know this is a step in the right direction is just crazy. Let me ask you though, uh, how are you? Are you feeling the effects of these horrible fires going on in in oh, yeah. California? Yeah, we're we're in a cloud of smoke. It's uh, it's horrible. This is the the second year in a row where where we have this happening and. Uh, I was looking for some sort of air purifier, some air purification machine, and the stores are sold out of them. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been pretty bad, and it's been smoky for many days now. And uh, I'm 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 suspicious, though. I'm suspicious of these fires, uh, as I am likely to uh, think. Uh, 
most things are a conspiracy here. So um, it seems like these fires are, are being set and, and things are happening in strange ways where, you know, cars melt, but the trees next to them, you know, escape <laughs> totally. Houses burn down, but the bushes are fine next to them. And uh, so I, I hear all sorts of uh, rumors in the world of... Uh, of you know what could be happening what kind of conspiracy could there be could there could it be the chemtrails and the aluminum that has rained down upon us for so many years and the the aluminum can be flammable uh people don't trust the uh, smart meters that uh pacific gas and electric uh, is installing everywhere so i don't know these they're like strange fires they don't seem like the organic regular old you know, Hunter falls asleep in the uh, woods and knocks over the campfire thing. There are strange things happening, or people are. Well, reacting. I can I can say the, the one thing that's clear is that um, global warming is making all of this worse. Whatever else is making it worse, global warming is making it worse. Yeah. And and I don't know how how much longer we're going to ignore uh, how much longer we're going to be able to ignore the fact that the the one thing. The one thing that we could all do, and we could do it tomorrow, it doesn't require legislation, it doesn't require technological innovation, anything except willpower, and that if we had a world vegan movement, if we basically stopped eating animal products, it's it's probably the only thing that even has of, of allowing us to go into the future without global warming destroying the the you know just destroying life Go, on going, this planet substantially going vegan is 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 the only solution um to climate change and so much other environmental devastation and and you're right uh because i mean if we depended on on uh, politicians or corporations or governments i mean why would we even think <laughs> the solution is is with them you know and and a carbon tax i mean i think that's a lot of the objection seems to be, oh, people are going to just try to make money and get a, you know, pursue this carbon tax thing, you know, so like as crazy as hedge funds are and carbon tra trading and, you know, you can burn carbon and we can't for a while. Yeah, it's just so insane when, when going vegan is the only solution. And as I mentioned recently in one of the more recent shows that I've done it was the interview with uh, Mr. Poor of Oxford University who did a five year study of uh, uh, animal agriculture production consumption and the environment and his conclusion is the, the best thing is to go vegan for, for all the reasons beyond global warming but um, deforestation water usage waste pollution uh, land use, he said, we could we could end the mass extinction Im immediately by by going vegan. There's we have a mass extinction. Anybody against mass extinction? Well, go vegan and you'll do something against mass extinction instead of blaming some some coal plant or pipeline that hasn't been built yet, taking us to uh, tipping points. And you know what's what. what What's distressing about all of this, too, is that you have people saying, oh, you're a climate denier, but I, you know, I'm 
I, I believe climate change is happening, but they don't know the solution. So if you're not participating in the solution, which is to go vegan, then you're, what's the difference between that and being a climate denier if <laughs> you deny the solution and we yeah can... I, it is it is very it is very odd it is really very odd and very disturbing that um people are just not um recognizing that it's the one thing that we could do and it probably is the only thing that we can do and it's the one thing that we can do that we don't as i say we don't need legislation don't need techno you know we don't need all we need is to just stop doing something that we're doing <laughs> that we could stop doing very easily right now right um, this minute right right now right now right now you yes. exactly you don't have to you know you don't have to there's no there's required no great acts of 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 anything are required all you need to do is to just you know, increase, you know, you're, we're all eating many vegan foods. We just need to eat more of those and get rid of all of the animal products and, you know, and stop buying leather and wool and whatnot. And everything will be just a whole lot better. And it would be just a much, you know, this idea that, well, reduce the tariff. I don't even understand why, how anybody with, how anybody with an IQ over 10 thinks that reduce tarianism. What the hell does that even mean? You know, that, well, you know, reduce it doesn't tell you what your levels are that you're reducing from number one number two that's not going that is way too little I, mean, I, I don't even know what it means in terms of quantity right right Isn't but it, well, but well, that's just whatever people, it, people can say oh I, i'll eat less uh you know meat fish dairy whatever and just by saying it, they feel better. It's like prevent cruelty. You know, it's like, oh, I can do it just by reducing. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. But, but, but that, the thing is, is that that's, that's not going to do it. That's not going to work. And so, so you know, the reality is, you know, I, I, I was happy to sign a co-letter with, with Rupert Reed from the University of East Anglia. We, the Guardian saying that, um, that warming really, that, 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 that we've got to stop debating whether climate change exists and just accept that anthropogenic climate change is a reality and needs to be dealt with. That, you know, we can't continue this ridiculous discussion. You know, does, does climate change really exist? Of course, you know, and, and, and only people, the, the only people who, who deny that climate change exists um, is basically the, you know, the animal, the animal, the animal, agriculture industry and people who all this like our president i mean i he was in california yesterday and somebody asked him whether he thought that there was a um a relationship between what was happening in california and global warming and he said no and he and he then told us that that we would have excellent climate i, I don't know how he's going to get arrange that for us but he's going to get us excellent climate and um it really is just shocking to me that this is the level of the discussion at, at you know the the white the, the president is a climate denier mm. so i mean a climate change denier so i mean w w but but so are greenpeace 350.org sierra club you know, bill mckibben none of them are saying go vegan and yet mr well Paul, i understand that i i i understand that but at least they're they're accepting that climate I agree with you. They are every bit as bad as the climate change deniers, but they're not climate change deniers. In many ways, they're actually more problematic because 
climate change deniers you can dismiss you know as people a flat earth people category of people who, who who promote the idea that the earth is flat so you can dismiss them the problem is is you know the bill mckibbins and the you know the sierra clubs and all of the these supposed environmental organizations that say, oh, my God, you know, it's a horrible disaster. And yet they don't promote veganism. I mean, this is a problem with the Green Party. Um, you know, the Green Party doesn't promote veganism. And so, like, how can you tell? I mean, you know, it's like in certain ways they're worse than the climate deniers because they understand it. They're just denying what they're doing is denying something else. They're denying the one thing that we could all do that would make it a lot better. That, that they're is climate solu- their climate uh, solution deniers. See that that's the problem. Well, that's yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go along with that. I'll go along with that. Um, they're climate solution deniers, but that's different from being a climate denier. Uh, more dangerous because you're you're getting people. You know, it's like <clears throat> excuse me, it's like animal welfare. It's you know it. The problem is when you get quote animal people who say, "Oh, I love animals and I think animals matter," and you know I'm an animal rights person, but I promote reducetarianism and I create free pork and I you know blah 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 because that it becomes more dangerous because it basically tells people that they can care about animals but they don't have to be vegan. Just like the Sierra Club and all these other groups say. You can be really upset about global warming, but you don't have to go vegan. Yeah, just, it's the same just, nonsense. Just, hate, just hate, hate Exxon, and, and you're fine. You know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and um, yeah. So you know, I mean, I find it just I find it just um, outrageous when you know I I walk my dogs and I see my neighbors putting their trash out in meticulously you know, uh, um, uh, uh, labeled containers so that they can recycle everything to, you know, that they can, that they can recycle exactly the way their compost heaps and whatnot, but you know, they're not vegans. So it's like, yeah, well you can have your compost heap and you can have your electric car and you can have, you know, your, your nicely labeled trash receptacles. And the bottom line is that you're doing a fraction um, a tiny fraction of what you could be doing if you were vegan, and what you're doing isn't enough. Well, and I'm, so, I'm an environmentalist. You know, I'm, I'm recycling my Oscar Mayer Wiener label. No, exactly, I'm an exactly. No, I, I, I hear you. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's what we're dealing. And, with. and, and so, yeah. so, uh, uh, Mr. Poor uh, out of uh, Oxford University said that if we were to go vegan, it would be transformational, and we would free land the size of Africa. That that would free up land the size of Africa. Uh, Dr. James Goodland, uh, Dr. Goodland said um, that uh, it it would take us to pre-industrial carbon levels. I mean, we're we're being offered this utopia here if we would just go vegan. You know, I mean, they're, they're telling us the solutions. The world top climate specialists, those engaged in the most comprehensive studies of the impact of agriculture on the environment, are telling us it's it's the thing to do. So uh, we're telling you it's the thing to do. We don't have the, you know, just like we're saying, Proposition Twelve is not the thing to do, but. I don't have twenty-three million dollars. I have I have reggae vegan festivals where I can say this. So yeah, it, it's fine. It it really is odd, you know. I mean, it, it's so much not in people's interest because it just goes to show how terribly irrational 
species we are. We are, even if we don't care about animals as a as a moral matter, willing the 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 fate of our children and our grandchildren because basically we are guaranteeing them a mad max. That's the positive vision is that we have a mad max dystopian world. Um, you know, uh, when it all just goes to hell and, um, and, and, you know, we're, we have, we have zillions of climate refugees and we have, right. you know, wars over war. So, so I'm, I'm having my, uh, and that's coming. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oops. Are you there, Bob? Yeah, I'm here. Um, uh, getting a yes. little breaking up throughout the call, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll, we'll do our best. But listen, I've got I've got to run anyway because I have got I have got uh, this is my although it's a short week because of the Thanksgiving holiday when people sit around and give thanks for what they have by celebrating the corpse of some dead poor dead bird. Um, I uh, I have uh, lectures to do until Tuesday, and so I'm going to to run off and get my lectures ready but uh let us do this again it's been too long bobs it's it's been too long so we will uh we will resume uh, regularity although regularity isn't usually a problem regularity indeed regularity <laughs> all right thank you bob okay thank you gary we'll talk again soon take care, take care. be well bye-bye Okay, we heard our interview with Professor Francione, recorded just before Thanksgiving, um, but uh, making its uh, debut here on today's program. And again, our thanks to Eric Weissman of Evolution Diet Vegan Dog and Cat Food. Congratulations on the new line of organic food from Evolution. And uh, okay, so I guess that'll just about do it for this show. I do want to uh, get more regular here. Well, as a vegan, I have no problem being regular, but uh, more regular with the show. But I do have to come down to LA for the or to Anaheim for the Natural Products Expo. We're looking for sponsors and uh, sponsors and vendors for San Diego Reggae Vegan Fest and LA Reggae Vegan Fest, and so. Uh, I'll be seeking them out, then heading down to San Diego to look at the park and meet with the sound and stage people, the people who are going to do the the building of the, the fences and putting up the portable bathrooms. And There's so much that goes into it, and, and it is uh, actually quite an expensive endeavor, by the way, but certainly well worth it. Um, these are amazing events coming up. You're not going to want to miss them. And uh, very important vegan advocacy events uh, that are music-centered, entertainment-centered. Um, and I think uh, they will go a long way for the cause. So, But we do need your support. And again, really expensive events. We do have to pay musicians. That's how they make a living. And uh, we have to basically pay to build a city, you know, to provide everything for the thousands of people who uh, come there. Oh, I how, how did I neglect to say this? See, starting a show again after a hiatus is, you know, like you fall off a bicycle and get back on it again. And uh, I think I hit my head uh, falling off this bicycle today. I, I didn't even mention that every ticket sold feeds 10 hungry children nutritious vegan meals. 
so that's the way uh, we roll with Reggae Vegan Fest. Every ticket sold will feed 10 hungry children. Nutritious vegan foods, that's in around 60 countries. So uh, we definitely need your support, your financial support. Uh, we need volunteers. We need sponsors. We need vendors. We are in need. And so if you can help us out, join us in the cause, that would be great. Okay. Great talking with you again. Great being with you. And so until next time, uh, thank you. And uh, check us out at goveganradio.com. <laughs>